so the other day, I was, yeah, I was wearing my high heels in my house, and I was walking around. I just thought I looked really good, and um, I don't know. I was kind of trying to ask everybody to be accepting and call me uh, uh, Jimothy. What was that? <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about right now. What do you mean? I was talking about when I was walking around in the walk dressed as a girl at home. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. Well, yeah, dude, I texted you about it. No, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, no, you fucking didn't, dude. Who the fuck did I text? Probably your fucking mom, dude. Wow, that's fucked up. What the fuck's wrong with you? All right. <laughs> so are we going to do the... Uh, hold on one second. Uh, we are broadcasting live on Twitter. We're right on now. Periscopes. Periscopes. Uh, yeah. My head looks really big. <laughs> big head. Dude, my my fucking beard looks enormously gray too. <laughs> you know what they say: a black and mild a day keeps the rednecks at bay. No, no, it keeps oh. them coming. All and right, so we got we got uh, James here, we got uh, fake Jamie Mike here, and uh, what's up? I'm Jake. Uh, this is Drake of the Theory podcast yeah uh this time you did the intro look at that yeah i feel like a big boy now uh we're just gonna do a little thing on periscope here we're gonna yeah. tell everyone nobody's watching by the way yeah okay uh we're gonna tell everyone uh what uh what is this episode 13 is gonna be about yeah man incels rise up what what's that mean <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand do you know what an incel is no you're gonna explain it okay Okay, so an incel is like, it's basically a funny way of saying someone's a fucking virgin, dude. <laughs> oh, really? Um, oh, virgins rise up. Show me your boobies. Uh, no, I hear, no, no, I just no. Well, wanna, incel, hear, it's more on. than that, man. Let me tell you about incels. So incels are basically people who try to get laid but can't get laid. That's because it means, you know what a celibate is, right? That, that's terrible. You know what a celibate is? There's people that can't get laid. Because they suck at getting laid. Oh, right? Okay. <laughs> Well, well. Um, anyway, so uh, I'm pretty sure there a while back, Joe Rogan had talked about it on the podcast and gave suggestions on how not to be one. Anyway, so oh, really? uh, <laughs> so incels, wow. so incel is basically like like a virgin nerd who like can't fucking get laid for shit, and um, he like blames the world for the fact that he can't get laid. That's terrible. So yeah, and and a lot of them, a lot of them are fucked up. Well, they'll be able to get robots soon. Yeah. Fuck all day. Uh, yeah, so we're on Twitter. Nobody, nobody, yeah. by the nobody. way. Nobody, thanks, everybody. Thanks for all the fucking support, really. Yeah. Yeah. Got you no know what, support. dude? Any of you who donated to Patreon, fuck you guys, too. Because there's nobody who donated. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we <laughs> don't have, have one. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? We're honest here. We're honest, and, and we're, we're not shills. But we will be in a couple weeks. <laughs> Hopefully. So, uh, yeah. Oh, the song. Uh, oh, yeah. people, people on uh, Twitter. Yeah, the there, song, the intro song here. Um, people on Twitter there, you didn't get to hear the intro song, yeah. which is really, really awesome song. Uh, the song. Uh, uh, wow, you're all about that. Because um, I am. I'm kidding. Can I give props to this band? Go ahead. Fucking go. Okay, the song is uh, it's called Crowley in a Bush. Crowley in a bush. Ooh, yeah. Okay. And that's a band called uh, Barbara Secret. <laughs> and 
and uh, it's from the album Evil Doers. Nice. They Evil sound pretty Doers. metal, man. Evil Doers. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, why don't you say uh, what we're going to talk about here today? All right, guys. We're going to talk about how you can be uh, better politically correct at life. And, you know, you can uh, you learn how to be a little bit more sensitive, you know, um, show more respect to uh, people of color and to, uh, you know, uh, other other people who really deserve your respect. Um, I think that I think that we should all just kind of get down on our hands and knees as white people and we should all just worship Worship everybody else and just die. Die off. What the fuck, dude? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Anyway, yeah, we're talking about (laughs) Aleister Crowley today. This is going to be a weird episode. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What's the problem? Holy fuck. What? I give you mad props for getting to that whole thing. He didn't even break a smile. Wow. (laughs) Dude, wow. that's what that's what acting class gets you in high school, bro. I can I can say a lot of things without fucking cracking a smile. Yeah. And like I, I like uh that's how that's how good I was at I am at lying. I don't lie often, but the thing is is that But you, you when you have when to. When I have to, I'm yeah. really good at it. But uh <laughs> because like I can say Whatever, without being looking like I'm guilty. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? He's the most honest motherfucker there is. Because how many times in the morning when we're done, I'm I'm standing there trying to lie to management. I'm I'm trying to lie about. I'm shit. so sorry. I'm trying to lie about shit, like to sugarcoat everything. And this motherfucker's like, "Yeah, but fucking dark and And he's like telling him the truth. I'm just like, "Ah, oh, whatever." Well, why don't you tell me ahead of time? Hey, man, I'm gonna fucking. I'm not gonna say the, what that. Well, dude, because you, you already know how managed it is. Because most mornings I fucking because I don't lie. I rarely ever lie. When I have to, I'm very good at it. Very, very good at it. But I don't do it very often. All those people do is lie to you. Why would you lie? Yeah, to you? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's... because because what's the fucking point? You know what? I hope they get angry because there's fucking five hundred million pieces in the back room and they have to throw it all. Fuck them then. Okay. All right. So I'm a, I'm gonna duck off a of periscope here because nobody is watching. Okay. Uh, okay. And then then we can get on with the show. You know what they say. Maybe, maybe at the end of the show here we'll periscope again so nobody can watch. You know uh, what they say, Periscope once, shame on you, Periscope, Periscope twice, twice, shame on them. All. Bush, shame on George yeah, Bush. Yeah. He did 9-11, that guy. Yeah, he did, he did a lot so speaking of He 9/11, did cocaine. Speaking of uh, 9-11, Aleister Crowley. Uh, how do I shut this off? I don't know, you press some fucking buttons, dude. What the fuck's wrong with you? Swipe down to stop. Oh, yeah, before I forget, because we got stop. to this, I almost forgot. One more thing about Twitter. One more thing about Twitter. Should we talk about her? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you, buddy. Should we talk about her? You got your own Bob Becky. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a look at her. So uh, I want to go ahead and do a, um, a shout-out to uh, Lissa T. Rogers, at Lissa T. Rogers. Um, you know, uh, honestly, just honestly a great person. Go check out her fucking blog with, like, 600 views or something like that. Uh you know she's really cool she says a lot of like really she has really good humor like like if you really like really generic stupid female humor definitely go check her out like like i'm sure like like honestly it's like uh she's like kind of like a great value amy schumer i'm sure uh so uh go check her out out on fucking twitter at lisa townsend um 
Lisa Rogers. I'm sorry, Lisa Rod T Rogers. Go check out her 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 blog. It's craptacularblogspot.com. It's honestly, it's just great if you want to like burn your eyes out because of the hot pink fucking font on back black background. It was really, it's really fucking. It just looks so fucking good. So go ahead and check her out. Anyway, onwards with our topic. Yeah, so it's it's, it's my topic of choice this week. It's episode thirteen. So uh, I thought on special occasion, because thirteen is a number associated with the occult and Satanism. I was like, what the fuck should I talk about this week? And I spent all week not thinking about it. The whole week, I didn't. I I was like, I'm gonna do something about number thirteen. And then on Friday, I decided, and then I didn't do research until Saturday, aka yesterday. <laughs> so. Yeah. I was like, you know what? We're doing Aleister Crowley. <laughs> and I jumped into a pool of shit here because, you know what? I was like, whatever. I'm sure I can run by this guy. He's just like every, like, what? Like, cult leader. You know, I can just, like, gather up the info and, and then say a story. No, there couldn't be too much there. And uh, I jumped into a shitstorm without really thinking about it. This guy's been fucking everywhere. He's done everything. And this is going to be really hard to talk about and try and fucking compound it into something that's less than two hours. So, so uh, pray for me. Uh, before, you, before you get started there, speaking of 13 and freaky shit, I've had a story I wanted to fucking tell you guys all week, but I was saving it for this. So uh, 13 hookers. Go on. I wish. Um, so yeah, we, uh, me and Jake, we had a relative die uh, the other day, last week, whatever. And uh, I went to uh, his viewing there on Wednesday, and... Uh, you know how I had told you before that Stan was the first person to ever tell me about Niburu? Niburu? However the fuck you say Oh, Niburu. Yeah, Planet X. Yeah, Planet X. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I'm up there at his fucking casket doing the thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I said to him, I'm like, yo, so Stan, if, 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 you're, if this like, heaven and shit exists... Yo, give me a sign about if Nibiru is real or not. And the candle next to it fucking blew out. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Wow. Yeah. Freak me the fuck You know what would have been even crazier? Oh my if, god. If in that very moment, Nibiru crashed into Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it freaked me the fuck Yeah, that's Well, I guess that's, that's, that's the sign, up. huh? That's, that's fucked up. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, Maybe he's yeah. on Nibiru right now. I had the text all written out and everything to tell you guys about it. I'm like, nah, yeah. fuck's sake. I, I don't even know how to feel about that. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I don't mean to undermine your story, but I don't believe in Nibiru. <laughs> well, I don't know I'm, if I do either. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story. They're all crazy, though. Well, no, but that one's like, a spe- that's like, that's like uh, if you were to take a flat earther and then put him on heroin. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. That's what a fucking, I'm sorry to say. Oh, hey, I follow on Twitter. I follow the hardcore uh, flat earther. Whatever, dude. He can believe whatever the fuck is what he wants as long as he doesn't harm society. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my story. So, back to Crowley. Yeah, uh, so Alistair Crowley. We're going to fucking talk about him. I really, I did the research and I generally know his story. I did, honestly, I watched a two hour fucking doc or listened to a two hour documentary and I know what he's done. But the problem here with me is that I'm going to have to go through the fucking Wikipedia for all the names because there's so many fucking towns that he's been in so many places and so many people he's interacted with. I have 
no idea how I'm going to remember all of these fucking names, dude. And it's going to be like, I'm going to have to run through here. And there's going to be hiccups where I'm like, hold on. I need to look up this name real quick on, on the Wikipedia. Yeah. So I'm just warning you. There's going to be some dead spots in my audio. So you guys might have to pick that up while I'm fucking thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. I'll just make fart noises uh, or something. Uh, wow. That's uh, retarded. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just did. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's so let's hear about the great Alistair Crowley. Okay, let's the, start. The let's beast. start. Let's start. He about talking about his early life. His early life isn't very fucking significant. I'm gonna be real with you. Up until his father dies, so so I'm just gonna kind of rush through this this like super early part. So his father, he was named after his father. Um, Alistair Crowley's original name, if you didn't know, was Edward Alexander Crowley. He was named after his father. His father was like a, his father was a. Uh, a Protestant, but he was part of like this sect of the Protestant church, which was super duper fucking, uh, strict, like crazy. Like the Bible literally means this and you can't interpret it any other way. Yeah. So they were like fucking crazy. Hardcore. Yeah. And he was named after his father. So his father was Edward Crowley, but we'll, so we'll call Alistair Alistair. Uh, we won't call him by his early name. So we'll just call him Alistair. Okay. Um, so his father, Edward Crowley was like a, uh, he was a rich guy. He owned a fa- uh, a family brewing business. He had a lot of money. They had a lot of money. They were rich as fuck, actually. But uh, I think his father also did, like, sermons and shit like that. So he used to go around. Yeah, they were ev- evangelical Christians. And um, I'm trying to look up his father here. His father... Uh, his, his father was born a Quaker. He was a, His father was a Quaker. Did you know that? Wow. Huh. Wow, this guy is fucking mixed in with everything. He, yeah, his uh, his Christian fu- fundamentalist group was known as the Plymouth Brethren. So uh, his his fa- yeah his father was a traveling preacher actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I thought so I just wanted to make sure that was right yeah so his father was a fucking traveling preach- preacher so they used to go around and and uh, Alistair was actually I guess a bit of a fan of his father he didn't like his father he just looked up to him yeah he 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 had respect for him and he and Alistair wanted to be a uh, ooh. I shared a video and they come. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll address that later. Um, so, fucking uh, Alistair really uh, respected his father, and he actually wanted to be a like a Christian crusader, like uh, not like a knight. He wanted to like spread the message of Christ. Yeah, he was like crazy about it, and uh, that stands out to me because that's that's important for later. That goes to show that he was heavily into the fucking spiritualism. Even if he was on what would some would consider the right path at the time, so uh, Alistair's father there, Edward, he eventually died. I guess on kind of like on the road doing pre, and uh, Alistair didn't like his mother very much. And after his father died, he kind of went off the deep end, and um, Alistair started really going fucking nuts, and he started being like real fucking bad. And I'm trying to read here. Yeah, you know when when Crowley when Alistair was 11, his father died of uh, tongue cancer, and and Crowley describes tongue this, cancer. Yes. Huh. Crowley described this as a turning point in his life, and he always maintained an admiration for his father, describing him as my hero and my friend. Uh, inheriting a third of his father's wealth, he began misbehaving at school and was harshly punished by Champney. Crowley's family removed him from the school 
when he developed albuminuria, which is a pathological condition wherein the protein uh, albumin is abnormally present in the urine. It is a type of proteinuria. (laughs) What the fuck? It's a major plasma protein. In healthy people, only trace amounts of it are present in urine, whereas larger amounts occur in the urine patients with kidney disease. So basically a kidney disease. But he recovered from that. And that's when he picked up fishing and um, mountain mountaineering yeah. in, to become healthier again. And it worked. He, he ended up being better. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, he went to a bunch of different schools and colleges. And he, uh, he actually left after a couple terms. Came, uh, he became increasingly skeptical regarding Christianity, pointing out inconsistencies in the Bible to his religious teachers and went against the Christian morality his upbringing, his upbringing of his upbringing by smoking, masturbating, and having sex with prostitutes from whom he contracted gonorrhea. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Now, now we're th- getting this, somewhere. This was in Fucking his prostitutes. Re- this, this was in his relatively early life. He was still like a kid at this point. And I think he was 15 when he had sex with his first prostitute. Well, back then, were prostitutes just like laying all over the streets and shit? Like, Not all know. over the streets, but they <laughs> were, yeah. But um, at, so at one point, Crowley actually came back down, and he was doing. Well, this is when he was doing his chest poetry and mountain climbing. This was in nineteen. Oh, well, this is, was in eighteen ninety four, and he climbed Beachy Head, uh, is a chalk headland in East Sussex, England. Yeah, so he did a lot of mountain climbing and shit like that, and then he visited the Alps. And joined the Scottish Mountaineering Club. The following year, returned to Bernese Alps, climbing the Eiger, the Eiger, Trift, Jungfrau, Monch, and Wetterhorn. So he he eventually calmed the fuck back down when he was doing all this chest and mountain climbing. But then, but you know, as we know, he he goes back off the fucking deep end. Yeah. And and he he it's during this time actually that he starts researching into people who were like into um. The occult. This is one. I think he was starting to research into that shit. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking into this now. Uh, so, Cambridge University. This is when uh, Alistair went to Cambridge. Having adopted the name Alistair over Edward. Yeah, he, this is when he changed his name. He changed his name to Alistair from, from Edward. This is when he officially became Alistair Crowley. So, he got rid of his name Edward. So, uh... In October 1895, Crowley began a three-year course at Trinity College, Cambridge, where he has he was entered for the Moral Science Tripos, studying philosophy. With approval from his personal tutor, he changed to English literature, which was not part of the uh, curriculum offered. Crowley spent much of his time in the university engaged in his pastimes, becoming president of the chess club and practicing the game for two hours a day. He briefly considered a professional career as a chess player. Crowley also embraced his love of literature and poetry, particularly the works of Richard Francis Burton. Fuck me. God damn it. Sorry, I hit my cigar. And Percy Bysshe Shelley? I don't know who that is. But uh, many of his own poems appeared in the student publications such as the, the Granta, Cambridge Magazine, and Cantab. He continued his mountaineering going on holiday Can, to the Alps. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go on. But before you get beyond his poems, can I please just read one of his poems? You, yeah, you want to read Celia Farts? Yep. Yep, I figured. Go ahead, read Celia Farts. Okay, this is Alistair Crowley's poem, When Celia Farts. Yeah. When Celia comes, tis earthquake hour, the bed vibrates like kettle drums. 
It is a grand display of power when Celia comes. When Celia farts, my hasty nose... <laughs> when Celia farts, my hasty nose sniffs up the fragrance from her pants. Shamed are the violence in the rose when Celia farts. <laughs> and up exhales a greasy stench for which you curse the careless wench. <laughs> I can't even fucking finish this, dude. Oh my god. So things which must not be expressed when plummet into the reeking chest. Send up <laughs> send up an extra <laughs> an extramental smell to take the parts from whence they fell. The petticoats the petticoats and gown perfume, which waft a stink round every room, thus finishing his grand wow, survey. longer than I thought it was. Disgusted Stefan stole away, reciprocating in his enormous fits. Oh, Cecilia, Cecilia, shits. Wow. wow. Alistair Crowley. That, that got me. What a masterpiece. That got me. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, continuing, he continued his mountaineering going on holidays to the Alps to climb every year from nineteen uh, from eighteen ninety four to eighteen ninety eight. Often with his friend Oscar Eckenstein, who I believe is very important later down the line. Yeah, um, I think he. I think he was. I think he was more important down the line too. I think he might have been involved with the occult. And in nineteen eighty in eighteen ninety seven, I keep flipping the numbers. In eighteen ninety seven, he made his first ascent of the Manch without a guide. These feats led to his recognition in the Alpine mountaineering community. <coughs> so as you can see, he was actually a big time mountaineer. Uh, nobody, I, I, when I hear people talk about him, people don't really uh, bring up the fact that he was a crazy mountaineer person. Like he yeah. was, he was, he was insane. Apparently he was at the time top notch. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, those people who climb Mount Everest yeah, all he, the time. Yeah. He was, and he was crazy. He was like one of those kind of guys. So, so he, uh, he was heavily recognized in that. And I think that's how he got his, uh, his contacts. Cause I think some people in the mountaineering community there were involved in the occult. Yeah. So, and that's how he got to know these people. And also through his poems, he had poetry and, and, uh, he, a lot of those, uh, explicit ones. Yeah. He posted anonymously overseas. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, because, because he actually would have gotten arrested for, uh, for explicit, nature yeah yeah something like that Uh, he would have gotten in big fucking trouble and uh i'm reading this now crowley had his first mystical experience while on holiday in stockholm in in december 1896 several biographers including lawrence sutton richard kaczynski and tobias churton believe that this was a result of crowley's first same-sex sexual experience which wait this this is more important later i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure crowley was a pretty big homo like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like, like, I think he, I th- like, a lot of people are like, like, they're they're commenting on his bisexuality here because he did fuck a lot of women, but yeah, I think he secretly really wanted to fuck men. Yeah, well, no, the uh, one of the things I listened to on him, uh, he actually had a relationship with a guy for for a couple of years, but he he made the guy do such weird sexual, like, in satanic shit 
I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I forgot the guy's name. He really, really fucked that guy up. Are you talking about the guy he brought to uh, to to um, Algeria? I, I th- are you I th- talking about the guy he brought to Algeria I think into so. into the into the desert and then he gave him PTSD? Yeah, 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 yeah. He gave yeah. him fucking PTSD yep, by fucking him. That's the guy. Him. Yeah. yeah, he stuck around yeah. with him after that. Too, yeah, well, that guy, while. that guy really, really loved him. Yeah, and yeah. he well, that guy also um, after he eventually split from uh, Aleister Crowley, that he that guy commented he said that they weren't in a sexual part, they didn't have a sexual partnership, and they weren't together. Yeah. He made sure to clarify on that. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think they really did, but he was yeah. trying to be like, no, that's not how it was. It was just the magic. That was what we were doing. Well, with yeah. Well, back then you couldn't. You oh, couldn't, yeah, I know. But you know. he was. they were clearly embarrassed. So, whatever. Um, so, da, 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 da. I'm trying to get to the part... Yeah, Crowley traveled to St. Petersburg, Russia, after claiming that he was trying to learn Russian as he was considering future diplomatic career there. Biographers Richard Spence and Tobias Churton suggested that Crowley had done so as an uh, intelligence agent under the employee of the British Secret Service, speculating that he had enlisted enlisted while at Cambridge. Um, I'm trying to... Fucking hell, I can't... Yeah, I'm trying to get to the important part because I'm trying to get to the to Golden Dawn part. So, so basically, during his time at Cambridge, he did a lot of like. He fucked a lot of prostitutes. Here, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fucking shorten this for you guys. During his time at Cambridge, he fucked a lot of prostitutes, played a lot of chess, and fucking did a lot of mountaineering. Yeah, that's all he much. did essentially at Cambridge. And eventually, he, uh, I don't know if he ever passed Cambridge. I don't know if he if he ever like actually uh graduated cambridge but uh in july 19 in july 1898 he left uh, cambridge not having taken any degree at all yeah so he didn't even claim a degree at cambridge he just he just attended there for a while so uh after that though this is when in i from what i understand is that even when he was at cambridge he was starting to get interested in the idea of magic and these secret societies and that's when he got uh, I think he had heard about the Golden Dawn at this point. And this is where he joins in, ni- in 1898. The Golden Dawn? Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah, the Golden Dawn. Dawn. Okay. Yeah, no, Dawn. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I thought he said Dawn. Okay. So, <laughs> in August 1898, Crowley was in Zermatt, Switzerland. And guys, I'm going to be reading a lot off of this Wikipedia to keep this shit as organized as possible. Because there's a lot of fucking info. There's a lot of info. So, I'm trying to keep this put together i guess you could say so crowley was in zermatt switzerland where he met with uh, met the chemist julian l baker and the two began discussing their common interest in alchemy and uh by the way julian l baker i believe was a self-proclaimed um uh well alchemist and i don't know if science like the literally the term science was prevalent back then because at one point, I think they were using the term alchemy as as the word science for a time. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but it, it sounds from like from this point of view, the the term alchemy is like, yeah, alchemy is the philosophical and proto scientific tradition practiced throughout Europe. And so like it wasn't even they so they their science was a thing back then, but this guy was a self proclaimed like alchemist, which yeah. was clearly it's like I, I guess what would be considered like a magical scientist. And, uh, back like in... Like Dumbledore. Yeah, I guess. 
Back in London, Baker introduced Crowley to George Cecil Jones. George Cecil Jones, if you don't know, was a British chemist, occultist, one-time member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, and co-founder of the Magical Order AA, which is later, that's prevalent later. That's one of Crowley's things as well. Um, Baker's brother-in-law and fellow member of the occult society known as the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which had been founded in 1888. Wow, it was pretty young. It was only like 10 years old at that point. All right, well, um, I didn't know that. What? It was only 10 years old by the time Crowley joined. Uh, the Dawn. Yeah, it was only 10 years old. It was formed yeah. in 1888. Wow. It's yeah. pretty... I didn't know that. Uh, Crowley was initiated into the Outer Order of the Golden Dawn in 18 no- the, on the 18th of November, 1898, by the group's leader, Samuel Little McGregor. And Samuel Little, uh, Little McGregor was... <laughs> dude, these names. Was a British occultist. He is primarily known as one of the founders of the Hermetic Order... The Golden Dawn, a ceremonial, a ceremonial magic order of which offshoots still exist today. So he, his main thing was that he actually just straight up made the Golden Dawn. I don't yeah. know if he was prevalent for anything else. In fact, I'm gonna hit his, uh, I'm gonna hit his, uh, his page right now. Uh, hold on, I'm reading. I wonder if he banged prostitutes too. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You, you. You had me at prostitutes. Well, he was he, he was in the Freemasonry. He was a Freemason. Uh oh, uh oh. Opened a whole other can. Freemasons. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude, this guy literally lived to be a fucking secret society guy. He doesn't. I don't even know. His occupation is occultist. Wow, how do you get that occupation? I don't know because he clearly didn't do anything else other than do occult shit. What the? What fuck? do you do? Oh, I'm a fucking occultist. Yeah, I want that job. Yeah. Well, uh, what if you have a boss? Basically, Crowley Crowley really butted up these guys, and eventually they, he he managed to wiggle his way in. I remember the story now, is that he he they they were actually skeptical of bringing him in at first, and I think they and it took a while. It took a little while for them to let him in, and when they initiated him, he had to do this whole uh, speech thing. Where he had to vow to secrecy and uh, there's some other shit. Pretty pretty eerie stuff, the things that they say in this little like entry speech. And I, I can't say, I don't know, man. You'll hear my fucking opinions of all this later, but. Uh, so going on, Crowley moved to his own luxury flat at 6769 Chancery Lane and soon invited a senior Golden Dawn member, Alan Bennett. Who uh, was a member of the was very close to Hoster Crowley? Okay, yeah, but who was Al? I forget who this guy was. Uh, Bennett received a Biku. Oh, Biku, I remember that. A what coup? Biku. This is the guy that killed himself. He hung himself at the Buddhist uh, as a Buddhist. He was a Buddhist monk, and then he eventually fucking killed himself. Nice. Huh. A Buddhist. Yeah. Um. I'm pretty sure he killed himself. I'm 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 reading now. Well, if you, if you're gonna do it, that's the way to do it is to kill yourself, I guess. I I don't know. I don't I don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't know where you're going with that. Yeah, I was just uh, just fucking boof, Bennington me in the head, and Bourdained me all over. I don't know. Hmm. hmm it's insane. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this is the guy that that um, Alistair Crowley he had gone back to to try and talk to about some shit and then he he found him literally hung, he was he hung himself or some shit nice and he there's an excerpt from crowley where he said uh 
where he was laughing about it, where he literally said, oh, I opened his door and I found him hanging five feet from the floor. <laughs> yeah, there was a... Did, like he thought it was funny. Yeah, did you... Uh, that story uh, when he was uh, fucking mountain climbing one time? Where he let the people die? He let the fucking people die. Yeah, that, 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 they kind of turned their back on him then. Because that's like a no-no, I guess, if you're a mountain climber. You're, you're like a... Uh, well, you're, a, supposed a, to, you're supposed to help yeah. people. It's like the rule, the road. Yeah. You know? Or the mountain. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, he had Alan Bennett to, li- Bennett to live with him as his personal magical tutor. Oh, this is actually the guy. Yeah, this is the guy that taught him everything about magic. Yeah, that's right. Bennett taught Crowley more about ceremonial magic and the ritual use of drugs. This is the guy that was heavily into the, into the, into the opioids and the cocaine. And this guy was hev- this guy, the Alan Bennett yeah. guy. He was heavily into the fucking coke, I, and he was worried about Alistair Crowley. I, and you know what? Not to jump off topic, but uh, I noticed, uh, you know, we all three of us, we we always look back at. We're all about looking back at uh, shit in the past, blah blah blah. Dude, one of the things I've realized looking into so much shit, like we think drugs. Drugs is like a today thing. Oh, no. No. Uh, uh, I never do. Uh, uh, but no, I mean, like, it's really bad today. Yeah. Dude, it was, it's been really bad for, like, a long, yeah. like, years, yeah. years, decades. It just wasn't frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, I, I swear, every time we look into fucking something, uh, you know, whether it's it's 50 years ago or 100 years ago or 200 years ago, there's, there's just drugs. There's drugs everywhere. And back then, there was a, you could have the drugs everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, okay, you can continue. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> anyway, yeah, Bennett taught Crowley about the ceremonial magic and the, rit- uh, the ritual use of drugs, and together they performed the, the rituals of the Gosha, Goetia. And Goetia is a practice that includes the conjuration of demons, specifically the one summoned by the biblical figure uh, King Solomon. The Ooh. use of the term in English largely derives from the 17th century grimoire, the lesser key of Solomon. Um, so that's what he was doing with Alan Bennett. So as you could see, Aleister Crowley, even within his first little cult secret society there, he yeah. was getting into the fucking Satanist shit. Now, th- th- then this has to kind of do with the magical paths. Dude, I don't even know if I want to talk about the magical paths because it's really this just makes it all more complicated. But to, to give you guys a rundown, and I don't know if I have this 100% right. I might have it a little bit wrong because uh, I'm just kind of t- saying this off the top of my head real quick. Spitballing. Okay, so there's three forms of magic right now that people know about. There's the right-hand path, the left-hand path, and chaos magic. Right-hand path is supposedly like good people magic, and you're not supposed to use magic willy-nilly, and you have to be a good guy, and you have to be like a celibate, <laughs> yeah. and you have to be like pretty much being a monk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left-hand path is like, I want to summon demons. I want to fucking cut people like the politicians nowadays. <laughs> 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 I want to fucking sacrifice people, yeah, and yeah. I want to do evil things, I and want I want some fucking babies, and blood. I want and I want to sacrifice, <laughs> and I want to bring about evil. That's what the left-hand path is. Yeah. And chaos magic is like, I just want to, I want a girlfriend, so I'm going to will that I'll get a girlfriend, and hopefully I get a girlfriend. Wow. Yeah, that's literally like chaos magic. Sorry, chaos magic guys out there, uh, but it's kind of gay. It worked for Ron. <laughs> it worked for Ron Weasley, fucking asshole. Uh, that, I don't think that's the same thing. But oh, it's not? Okay. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, um... 
So I think this Goetia, this Gosha stuff, and like, in the, there's this whole fucking thing too, and I don't think the Wikipedia is going to talk about it because this is, this is the supernatural side. The reason, before you supposedly before you summon the demons, you want to summon demons to 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 impart your will on them, so that you can so that you could alter the universe into your into your uh, your personal uh, needs, right? Yeah. So like, if you want a fucking girlfriend, <laughs> but the first thing you have to do, and it, it's all it's ill advised to summon demons without summoning your guardian angel. So you're supposed to summon the light, the light the light powers first so you have to do you have to do a you have to do a ritual to summon your your guardian angel and 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 crowley had his own fucking guardian angel i forget the fucking name of it too he had a name for it uh and and it was prevalent for all of his years and even i forget what the fucking name of it was it was like iwas iwaka or something shit like that (laughs) i don't fucking know Uh, fucking ewok uh, hold on. I'm looking if I can even fucking find it, man. Hold on. Time to go to work soon. Not really, but, uh... So... I'm trying to look if I can find its name. Because he literally had a name for it. Can't find it right now. Oh, well. Whatever. Uh, anyway, fucking point is, though, is that he summoned his fucking, his fucking guardian angel, and then he summoned demons, and then, like, apparently after this, he fucking went insane. This is when, like, Crowley really started going crazy about the magic. After this moment, when he did the, like, the the Gosha stuff. And that's not even the first crazy thing he did, because he did something else really fucking crazy that I think we get into a little bit later. I... I don't know if they talk about it or not. Oh, fuck, I hope they do. Hold on. I don't think they talk about it. Anyway, I think he did this while he was in the Golden Dawn, and I think he fucking... I think he scared Alan Bennett with this, too, and he gave up halfway through, which is apparently a big no-no. If you start, you have to fucking finish it, right? Yeah. So there's this big fucking... There's this big... Fu- what the fuck was that? What was that? That was a new sound. Oh, somebody messaged me. Oh, Jesus Christ. I have to turn my shit off. Sorry, guys. So disorganized. Just just tune out already. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so fucking... Okay, so... Fucking... He did this one big fucking... Uh, th- I don't know if this has to do with the Goetia or not. The goat... And he... Where he started this... It's supposed to be like a six-month-long ritual where you're only supposed to eat bread and drink water. You can't have sex, which is already a problem for fucking Alistair. Yeah, Crowley. yeah, he ain't, gonna, <laughs> he ain't gonna be able to handle all that shit. And, um, and if you finish this, you have complete control over demons, supposedly. That's what this this whole, like, thing is, is apparently, like, after you're done doing this, like, boom, you're now, like, master of fucking demons. You know, you can control them with your mind. And um, he gave up halfway through. And supposedly by uh, some he of his, some people, some people in his life there were like, yeah, after he did that, he never seemed the same. He, 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 like he was possessed. Like he got possessed by a demon. And I mean, to be fair, after that, it wasn't just fucking hookers and mountain climbing. Like after this, he just went off the fucking deep end. 
completely. So after that ritual. So yeah. Uh, Crowley soon progressed through the lower grades of the, the Golden Dawn and was ready to enter the group's inner second order, which is like their super secret part. He was unpopular in the group. His bisexually and libertine uh, lifestyle had gained him a bad reputation, and he had developed feuds with some of the members, including W.B. Yeats. Yeet! Uh, <laughs> and William Butler Yeats was an Irish poet and one of the foremost figure, figures of the 20th century literature, a pillar of both Irish and British literary establishments. He helped found the Abbey Theater, and his later years served as a senator of the Irish Free State for two terms. So um, he was a member of the Golden Dawn. And he apparently didn't get along with him. And uh, when the Golden Dawn's London Lodge refused to initiate Crowley into the Second Order because he was he was uh, in it with some fucking dude. I forget who he was. Who he was? He was uh, he, th this guy was about to lose his like inner his inner circle uh, membership or some shit. And he used Crowley to for as a power move to stay in the group. Yeah. And he basically said, "Okay, I'll initiate you into the Second Order." Uh, and I'll do the fucking thing. And, uh, and apparently when he went to go get his like official paperwork for that or whatever, they denied him of it. And then he pulled like a scheme where he took over the office. Crowley took over the fucking office <laughs> and, and, and then he got kicked out of the golden dawn after that. Just fucking yeah. Cult sounds more like a business than. Yeah, it, it kind of was. It was yeah, just, it was, sounds like it was a, a bunch of, it, it was a bunch of poets and a bunch of fucking like. It was a bunch of poets and occultists who, who, who didn't even do any occult shit. I don't even think they did. I think it was, it was like, it's like being a fucking, it was like being like Templar where you were just a banker. You're just part of it. You're part of a group. You know what I mean? Not that the Knights, well, not that yeah. the Knights Templar didn't do anything, but you get what I'm saying? Like some people were in the Knights Templar, I guess just by association. Yeah. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was kind of like the thing here. I think it was like it was like a it was like a social status. You get what I mean? So like, oh, I'm a really power uh, a popular poet, or I'm an artist, or some shit like that. Uh, yeah. I'm very popular. Join the Golden Dawn, and now I have. It's kind of like how we have people who have are in like elite secret societies in politics now. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like the same fucking thing. It's like I don't even know if they do anything. I think they're just fucking in it because well, they can. Yeah, be. It, it's it's funny you say that. I I was. Uh... I was listening to this thing on the Freemasons. Yeah. And um uh one one guy who was an ex member was talking about it. Yeah. And uh I didn't even do he, anything. <laughs> he said he said uh he was trying to say the reason the secrecy is the secrecy is because when you go in and and you have to do all these weird initiations, yeah, weird, weird rituals. And and they're so secret because yeah. nobody knows why the fuck they're doing them, <laughs> and that's why they're secret. Yeah. Because if anyone ever asks, well, why the fuck are you doing that? They they don't have an answer. Yeah. They just do it because they do it because it's always been done. Yeah. And no one knows why. Yeah, it's kind of kind of similar. Well, yeah. Eventually, I think he got. I think he got. Uh, uh, excommunicated from the Golden Dawn after that. I'm pretty sure he did. And, uh, I don't know. I, 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 he was still into fucking occult though, as you know, and he gets into his own thing, but, uh, but we'll move on now. And, uh, in 1900, uh, Crowley traveled to Mexico via the United States, settling in Mexico city and taking a local woman as his mistress. <laughs> 
Developing a love for the country, he continued experimenting with ceremonial magic, working with John Dee's Enochian invocations. John Dee's nuts. Uh, damn it. <laughs> I beat you to it. <laughs> John Dee was an English uh, mathematician, astronomer, uh, astrologer, occult philosopher, and advisor to Queen Elizabeth I. He devoted so m- devoted much of his life to the study of alchemy, divination, and hermetic philosophy. He was also an advocate of England's imperial expansion to the British Empire. Okay, so Enochian is the name often applied to an occult or angelic language recorded in the private journals of John Dee and his colleague Edward Kelly uh, in the late 16th century England. Kelly was a spirit medium who worked with Dee in his magical investigations. So... So those are so John Dee's Enochian invocations. So those were his own ceremonial magic. He later claimed to have been initiated into Freemasonry, which I think is true. He actually, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think Crowley was a thirty-third degree. I think he was a thirty-third degree Mason. I'm Crowley pretty, was? Yeah, he was a thirty-third degree Mason. Was he really? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I because he got initiated by people and then he rose the ranks. He rose up through the ranks. I don't remember how exactly. I don't remember. It's funny because I listened to this documentary. I was listening to a two hour long documentary and there was so much information crammed into it that I that I, I have a hard time putting it all together because there was so much fucking information. And that's why I'm reading off of this fucking Wikipedia page because there was so much fucking jammed into it that my brain is just... There is so much information to take in that I have to read off this Wikipedia to help organize this. Yeah. I kind of feel like a douchebag because I feel like I didn't do any work, but I, I really did honestly listen, and I just felt confused listening to it because there was so much shit going on. Well, he, he jumps he jumps all over the fucking world. And he sakes. fucks different people. <laughs> Dude. And it, he does it, so much different shit, and, it, and he does it like this. His life is a He's just doing mess. it all the fucking time. And, Dude, this, this will be trying to, like, explain, like what a, a rock star does his life yeah from beginning to end from beginning to end yeah. i mean there's just because literally he traveled the world like a fucking he rock was a star. rock star essentially yeah he was popular he was yeah, a pretty he, popular guy at the time he was considered like a rock star yeah he was 33rd degree yeah well, was he really yeah i figured anyway while there he wrote he wrote a play based on Richard Wagner's Tannhauser, uh, as well as a series of poems published as Oracles in 1905. Eckenstein joined him. Yeah, the guy that he used to climb with, Eckenstein. Yeah. Eckenstein joined him later that year, and together they climbed several mountains, including uh, the Iztach... Okay, hold on. I'm going to need to press the Wikipedia page so I can pronounce this right. Okay. Let's, let's, put, let's press the button. Did you press it? Oh, hold on. i got to turn my... Okay, sound turned on. Okay, so never mind. I'm not even, even going to try saying it. Um, so that was the uh, the name of that. <laughs> the the Popocatepeto and the Colima, the latter of which they had to abandon uh, owing to a volcanic eruption. Okay. Spence has suggested that the purpose of the trip might have been to explore Mexican oil prospects for British intelligence. So there's there's a big thing there yeah. that, that Crowley might have been in, involved in British intelligence. <laughs> Leaving Mexico, Crowley headed to San Francisco before sailing to Hawaii ab- aboard the Nippon Maru. Jesus Christ, he was there too? On, on the ship, he had a brief affair with a married woman named Mary Elise Rogers, who I think is, 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 is relevant later. 
he asked her for 500 pounds of money, like like uh, euros, whatever. Yeah. I, I, they weren't called euros back then; they were just pounds. So I, I so she 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 wanted to get back with him, and he never got back with her. But he got 500 pounds off of her, <laughs> for free, basically. Uh, <laughs> saying he had fallen in love with her, he wrote a series of poems about the romance published in as Elise and Adultery in 1903. What was her name again? Uh, Al- Mary Alice Rogers. Oh, so she wasn't the fart one. She wasn't the fart poem. She could have been. Cecilia. Could have been. I don't know. Briefly stopping in Japan and Hong Kong, Crowley reached Ceylon where he met with Alan Bennett, that guy who who was there studying sh- Shaivism. Shaivism. Saivam. Saivam. It's pronounced Saivam? I have no clue. What the fuck? I don't even know. Is one of the major traditions within Hinduism that reveres Shiva as the supreme being. Shivism. Oh, fuck it. Forget it. Dude, there's so many fucked up names. The followers of Shaivism are called Shaivites or Saivites. Like much of Hinduism, Shaiva have many sub-traditions ranging from devotional dualistic theism, such as Shaiva. What the fuck am I reading, dude? (laughs) This is what I meant. This is literally what I meant. When I was listening to the goddamn documentary, I was like, what the fuck, dude? How am I gonna make a fucking episode out of this? (coughs) Anyway, uh the pair spent some time in candy before Bennett decided to become a Buddhist monk in the Theravada tradition. Traveling to Burma to do so. Crowley decided to tour India, devoting himself to the Hindu practice of Raja Yoga, from which he claimed to have achieved spiritual state of Dhyana, which is uh, in Hindu Buddhism, Jainism, uh, means contemplation and meditation through their technical context is different. Dhyana is taken up through yoga exercises and leads to samadhi and self-knowledge. Well, uh, apparently during this time also, what I remember is apparently, he, uh, you know how yoga is supposed to be like this calming, like self-aware thing, whatever? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently he figured out how to make yoga violent. Violent yoga? Apparently. Huh. Supposedly. I wonder if Joe Rogan does that. Uh, violent yoga. I don't fucking know, man. All I know is my ass chakra is really hurting right now. Your what? My ass chakra. My... What the fuck's that? My root chakra. That comes where my balls are. Right where my taint is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I have no clue. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He spent most of his time studying at the Minakshi Aman Temple in Majura. Uh, At this time, he also composed and wrote poetry, which was published as The Sword of Song in 1904. He contracted malaria and had to recuperate from the disease in Calcutta and Rangoon. In 1902, he was joined in India by Ekenstein and several other mountaineers, Guy Knowles H. Pfannell, V. Wesley, and Jules Jaco. Oh, God, what the fuck, dude, this name. How do you want me to remember these names? It's like I, I might as well just say blah, 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 blah. Don't even, they don't even say how to pronounce his name. He's a, he was a, some Swiss dude. <laughs> it doesn't even fucking Together, the Eckenstein-Crowley expedition attempted K2. K2 is uh, also known as the Mount Godwin-Austin or Chigori at um, 28,000 feet above sea level. 
So it's the second highest mountain in the world after Mount a- Mount Mount Everest. Uh, it is located on the China-Pakistan border between Balt- Baltistan and the Gilgit Baltistan region northern <laughs> of Pakistan. Dude, these names are so fucked up. The, it, dude, I I didn't know what I was getting into here. I just want to go through Crowley's history, man, and then and then get to his end life. Uh. <laughs> Which he had never climbed on the journey, Crowley was afflicted with influenza, malaria, and snow blindness, and other expedition members were also struck with illness. They reached an altitude of 20,000 feet, which is very respectable, actually, before turning back. Having arrived in Paris in November 1902, he socialized with friend and future brother-in-law, the painter Gerald Kelly, and through him became a fixture of the the Parisian arts scene. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think this is where he learned how to do art, actually. Oh, he's a fucking artist too. Well, yeah, he actually had some drawings. This guy was a jack of all trades, but he's dog. He he was dog shit poor for most of his life. No, he was actually really rich. Yeah, but he he blew through all that fucking money. At the end, he did. He blew through all. At the end, he did. Well, um, and this is where it gets important. You know what? I'm gonna be real with you right now. I spent too much time talking about the stupid bullshit because I just want to talk about the Golden Dawn. I should have just talked about the Golden Dawn and got through all this stupid shit. Anyway, so this is where Thelema comes in and the Book of Law. This is fucking, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is Crowley's magnum fucking opus of yeah, fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 the Book of Law. Yeah. The Beast. 666. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Book of Law is pretty cool um, from what I understand. I don't really like Crowley himself, but I like some of the things he proposed in the Book of Law. Yeah, uh, and I think I'm gonna read it. I might listen to like an audio book. Oh, uh, at some point. Oh, I was uh, gonna say you're gonna read the whole fucking book right now. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Cause you just you just read a book. Yeah, pretty. I'm and that's only like what a quarter of his fucking life. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. You you're just about right. That Did you say cool. how he got thrown out of fucking Italy? Uh, I don't think I got there yet. Oh. I don't think I got there yet. So you just want to skip to that, or? No, because this is oh. the most important part. This is oh. the book of law. This is where he went to fucking Cairo and went in the fucking... And he literally went in one of the fucking pyramids. Oh, I thought that was after Italy. No. Oh, I'm sorry. In February 1904, Crowley and Rose, uh, he uh, he married uh, Rose Edith Kelly. Um, and he, that was his wife, his scarlet woman for a while. Yeah. And um, uh, this during their honeymoon, they went to Cairo, claiming to be prince and princess. They rented an apartment in which Crowley set up a temple room and began invoking ancient Egyptian deities while studying Islamic mysticism and, and Arabic. According to Crowley's later account, Rose regularly became delirious and informed him, they are waiting for you. On 18th of March, they, she explained that they were the god Horus. And if you don't know who Horus is, Horus is one of the most ancient, uh, most significant ancient Egyptian deities. He was worshipped from at least the late prehistoric e- Egypt until the Ptolemaic Kingdom and Roman Egypt. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I still have a cough. I'm still kind of a little bit sick. And on the 20th of March, uh, proclaimed that the equinox of the gods has come. She led him to a nearby museum where she showed him the 7th century BCE mortuary stele, steel, uh, known as the steel of Enk F. Konsu. F. N. Konsu. Nice fucking Crowley thought this it was is Im- just fucking entertaining watching you Dude, fucking read this. Crowley thought it was important that the exhibit's number was 666, the number of the beast. Which none of that, by the way, 
Before we go further, and none of that's confirmed. That's his own fucking account. That's like taking, that's like seriously taking, that's like taking, Mar- not Marilyn Manson, sorry. That's like taking uh, fucking Charles Manson seriously. Like taking everything he says seriously. So the 666 thing's not real? Uh, Well, no, I'm not saying it's not real, but I'm saying, like, I'm saying uh, he himself claimed that it was important that the exhibit number that she found, the thing that had to do with uh, Horace and shit, was number 666, which is the number of the beast in Christian belief. Okay, so that's not confirmed. Okay. Well, that's his own statement. Yeah, that's his, yeah. Uh, and according to Crowley's later statement, uh, just, uh, he heard a disembodied voice that claimed to be Iwas. This was this was his this was his guardian angel. Iwas. Iwas. Yes, Iwas. Is the name given to the voice English occultist Alistair Crowley claimed to have heard on April eighth, 9th, and tenth in nineteen oh four? Claimed that this voice was considered originated with a non corporeal intelligence and dictated the Book of Water. So this is the thing that told him about the Book of Law and what spurred him to write about the Book of Law. Um, so uh, that's in during this time, for those like four, basically four days, for three or four days, he spent like an hour or two, an hour or two, fucking writing uh pages of the book of law and i think by the end of those three or four days he actually stopped writing it and then he was like boom he published it um let me read a little bit about the book of law here okay so um the book of law here and its name its original name being uh liber al religious is a central sacred text of thelema Allegedly written down from the from the dictation mostly by Aleister Crowley, although his wife Aleister Edith uh, Rose Edith Crowley is also known to have written two phrases into the manuscript uh, of the book after its dictation. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The book contained three chapters. Uh, I want to know how many pages were in the book, if if possible. I want to know how many pages were in the book. I'm trying to look if there. Huh. How many pages were in the book of law? Uh, I'm looking right now. Because he, he wrote it over four days. And he only spent like an hour or two writing it. Four days. Yeah. Wow. So I don't think it was very long. Uh, I don't know. You probably write a lot of words in four days. Okay, so chapter there's three chapters. Chapter one is 22 pages. Chapter two is 22 pages. And chapter three is 21 pages. So that's 44. That's six. That's, uh, yeah, 65 pages. 65 pages. So it's not very big. He only spent a couple days writing it. And uh, I, I don't know if he published it right away, but he, he formed the religion known as Thelema. And, uh, dude, I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm losing <laughs> steam because I looked up that book of law shit. <laughs> uh, it's really bugging me. I can't remember who we mentioned in last week's episode. That was... Was it Jack Parsons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was Parsons. Yeah. The rocket guy. Yeah, all right. I knew there was somebody. Okay, so I'm going to skip over this. This is stupid shit where he went to fucking China. I'm serious. There's no point in me going into it. Motherfucker went to China, too. He, he went to China twice. Jesus. Anyway. Like he was everywhere, really. So after he wrote the book of law, he did some stupid shit. <laughs> and then in 1907 to 1909, that's when he formed the AA, which is like his own secret society. That was like his own Golden Dawn. 
that he filled with, that he had with like a couple people. He didn't have very many people in it. And I think this had to do, he wrote on top of the book of law. Like he kept making like little publications about this and he used this, he used the book of law as the basis for this. So with his old mentor, George Cecil Jones, Crowley continued performing the Abramelin rituals. Ah, yes. This is what I was talking about. The Abramelin rituals. This is, I think this is where he, hold on. Is this, this is the one he did. This is the one he fucking did where he got fucked up. Yeah, this is the one he did where he didn't, where he tried not having any sex and he did like the only, the bread and fucking water thing, the Abermelon rituals, which he was trying to contain, get, get control of fucking demons at the Ashdown Park Hotel in Coldson. So, oh, dude, Crowley claimed that in doing so, he attained samadhi. Uh, it, it, it refers to a state of medit meditative consciousness. It's like, dude, what the fuck is this shit, dude? This is so fucked up. Oh my god, dude. There's so much shit here. Got this, buddy. Dude. Was it when Cecilia farts? No. This is just before... This is just before he brings... It's just before she farts? It's just before she farts. <laughs> oh, my God. What a fucked up poem that was, man. This whole thing is fucked up. Because I'm trying... Victor Newberg. Victor Newberg is the guy he brought out. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is where he, he, uh, he, he brought... He brought in Victor Newberg. And now, now I just want to mention this. During this AA and the Holy Books of Thelema stuff... He met this guy named Victor Newberg, and which, uh, where he and Crowley engaged in ma sadomasochism. They they Ooh. fucked each other. They fucked each other. Wow! Basically. But it was for magic. Don't worry, guys. It was magic. It was magic. <laughs> no homo, just magic. Yeah. No, really, that's pretty much what they were doing. Like, no, dude, it wasn't gay. It was magic. <laughs> and uh, at, during this time, Crowley was like biannual, uh, biannually fucking uh, re releasing something called the Equinox, which was like a series of publications that uh, serves as the official organ of the AA, the Magical Order, found by Alistair Crowley. Uh, and it was uh, it was just articles about occultism and magic, while several issues contained poetry, fiction, plays, artwork, and biographies. It was kind of like a magazine, almost. Yeah. The Equinox, which he released uh, twice a year. <coughs> anyway, uh, fast forward like a couple years. Uh, this is where he brings uh, Newberg to fucking Algeria and brings him into the Sahara. Yeah. This is the funny story. Gave him a good dick. <laughs> so, okay, in, in November 1909, Crowley and Newberg traveled to Ar Algeria, touring the desert from El Arba to El Mal Bausata. <laughs> and then Dale Atin, which. With Crowley reciting the Quran on a daily basis. During the trip, he invoked the 30 Aethers of Enotian magic with Newberg recording the results. Later published in the Equinox as the vision and the voice. Following a mountaintop sex magic ritual, Crowley also performed an invocation to the demon Koronzon. That, that sounds Involving funny. blood sacrifice. Yeah. Considering the results to be a uh, watershed in his magical career. Uh, basically, I don't know. They're not going into this in here. But let me talk about that sex magic ritual. So, 
basically, uh, let me go ahead and run this down for you guys. Uh, Alistair Crowley and Newberg, they were like, hey, you know, we're going to travel from town to town until we hit the Sahara to perform like a, basically, I think uh, one of the guys said in one of the documentaries that they think he might have brought him out to the Sahara as a form of a sensory deprivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's all silence and yep. there's nothing around, no society, there's nothing to distract you. Yeah. Uh, but they, they had visited a couple towns and guess what? So Crowley used to dress up in a turban and a bunch of gems to look like a fucking magician. Yeah. Right. And he used to fucking, ha- he made Newberg shave his head completely down and he used to put him in a leash and have Newberg walk around. Town. Oh my God. He, that was his gimp. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's what the fuck. Until they man. eventually reached, they went kind of like town to town until they reached the Sahara in which they reached the Sahara. They made a magic circle. And now if you understand anything about magic, basically the magic circle is oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. to protect you from the demons. Yeah. Crowley was like, fuck that. I'm stepping out of the circle. And he got out of the circle. Yeah. Newberg stayed inside the circle or some shit. And they fucked. They fucked at the same time too. Yeah. And uh, he basically gave Newberg like PTSD. Uh, nice. And Newberg was the uh, was the active participant in the yeah. sex magic. Uh, and basically Newberg was supposed to fuck Crowley and, and Crowley was just the bottom. But apparently he power bottom. And I heard this is a quote from fucking last podcast on the left. When I listened to them talk about Alistair Crowley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he power bottomed Newberg so hard that he gave him PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> and so put that into perspective. Imagine that's like fucking like, like, you know, like, you know how that's most girls, right you know how most girls are of the submissive archetype yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. That would be like one of them fucking you so hard that when you were done, you're like, oh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> so like, think about wow. that. Think about it. So, so that's how uh, fucked up Alistair Crowley was, to put into perspective. Anyway, during that, during that little sex uh, thing, uh, Crowley discovered that uh, sex magic was the way to go after that. That was, that was his like, oh, fuck. Yeah. This is the shortcut to learning fucking magic, dude. Just fucking <laughs> just go bang, around, go and bang. Just go around power bombing guys. Yeah, just go power bottom. <laughs> go power bottom. Oh, go power fuck. power bottom. Yeah. Well, it was like it was like f- he basically learned that. Well, in his opinion, was that I, I guess there's a lot of like ritual and practice that goes into summoning demons and shit. Apparently, uh, and I'm no, I know some black magic like pagan or some shit's gonna come on here and comment on this. Maybe because telling me I'm wrong. But I think Aleister Crowley in that sex magic ritual was like, this is like a shortcut. You don't need to do all that practice. You just need to fuck like an animal and eventually you'll do <laughs> magic. You'll be shooting fucking lightning out of your fingertips. <laughs> the fuck, dude? Oh, my God. And uh, this guy was fucking retarded. Dude, I just want to get to the end. I just want to talk about this guy so I can like rag on him, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. Um, So... Also during that time, I think I think him and his uh, his wife there also kind of grew apart. I wonder why. Uh, and he met. This is where he met Mary Desty, Mary Desty in Paris. And uh, dude, this guy's all over the fucking place. I actually hate it. Yeah, he he's everywhere, everywhere in the fucking world. He was just in the goddamn Sahara. Yeah, whatever, dude. So she became his next Scarlet Woman. So that's that's. I don't know what the Scarlet Woman even is to him. I'm looking it up right now. Is a goddess found in the mystical system of Thelema, which it was established in uh, Crowley. Her name. 
She represents the female sexual impulse. That's basically it. Basically, it was something he made up. Yeah. To, he, the, she, him making someone his Scarlet Woman was like, you're going to fuck me a lot, okay? <laughs> that was literally it. That was just about... But you get a cool title. I guess. <laughs> okay. Then the, then there's, like, involvement in the OTO. Jesus Christ, this is so fucking long, dude. I would like to point out, we all seen how ugly this motherfucker is. I'd really like to see... Yeah, I know, I know. I'd really like to see all the chicks that fucked him. Like, dude, they had to be haggard fucking old women yeah. or something. I, I don't know. Because he was, he, was, he was gruesome. There's no other way to say it. He was fucking gruesome. Even when he was young, he was gruesome. Yeah, this guy, he, he looked kind of... He looks like he looks like uh, gruesome. As I said before, he looks like he should have been in a in a monster movie like back in the day. Yeah, he looks like he would be uh, a creepy butler. Yeah, he, he yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. he'd be a creepy butler. He looks like the kind of guy who would who would never blink and hold the little platter. And as soon as you enter the home, welcome to Mister Richman's estate. Richman's <laughs> estate. <laughs> would you like a drink? No. Okay. I will. Pow- I will oh. power bottom you. I will power. <laughs> Imagine if that was the next thing to come out of his mouth, dude. I will power bottom you. <laughs> I will fuck you so hard. You'll get PTSD. <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> take the drink. All right. So, uh, or uh, in 1912 to 14, uh. Power not, basically, okay, so in 1912, Crowley uh, published a book of lies, uh, a work of mysticism that biographer Lawrence Sutton described as his greatest success in merging his talents as poet, scholar, and magus. The German occultist Theodore Roos uh, later accused him of publishing some of the secrets of his, no, of his own occult order, the Ordo Templi Orientis, the OTO, which I think is relevant in some of today's like secret societies. I'm not 100% sure. The OTO, you ever heard of them? No. Oh. Well, anyway, Crowley convinced uh, Roos that the similarities were coincidental and the two became friends. Roos uh, uh, appointed Crowley as head of the OTO's British branch, the Mysteria Mystica Maxima, the MMM. And at, ceremo- at a ceremony in Berlin, Crowley adopted the magical name Baphomet. And was proclaimed ex supreme rex and sovereign grand master general of Ireland, Iona, and all of the Britons. Uh, with Roos's permission, uh, Crowley set about advertising the MMM and rewriting many of OTO's rituals, which were basically based largely on Freemasonry. His incorporation of thalamite elements proved controversial in the group. Fascinated by the OTO's infamous on, um, emphasis on sex magic, Crowley devised magical working based on anal sex and incorporated it into the syllabus for those OTO members who had been initiated into the 11th degree. Nice. Dude, there's so much weird shit in this. It's really hard to fucking keep this shit straight. Dude. Dude, he was, uh, he was a freaky dude. Fucking yeah. rock star. During this time, actually, he, he traveled with a fucking, like, a group of people called the Ragged Ragtime Girls, a group of female violinists led by Waddle as they performed at London's old Travoli Theater. They subsequently performed in Moscow for six weeks, where Crowley had a sadomasochistic relationship with Hungarian Annie Ringler. In Moscow, Crowley continued to write plays and poetry, including Hymn to Pan and The Gnostic Mass, 
a thamelic ritual that became a key part of OTO litur liturgy. Um, Churton suggested that Crowley had traveled to Moscow on the orders of British intelligence. Oh, there's more British intelligent bullshit. I don't care about that. I'm pretty sure this fucking guy was in Steel Panther at one God, point or something. Dude. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's like Michael Starr's dad or something. Whatever. All I know is that at the end of 1914, Newburgh, his, his, the guy who power-bottomed into having PTSD was like... Uh, <laughs> fucking... The biggest pussy ever, dude. <laughs> fucking... He, yeah, he, he began to... Uh, he began to... Uh, no, it sounds like grow, he probably grow. had the biggest asshole ever, buddy. Yes. Well, no. Yeah. Well, Crowley did, because he was the bottom. Newberg fucked him. He under Crowley's orders. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. That's what it means to be a power bottom, dude. Oh my god! I'm so, not down with the lingo. What the fuck, yeah. dude? So the other dude got PTSD from fucking from Alice. Fucking him. Yeah, think about wow. that. Wow. I thought we were talking about. He got yeah, I, I thought I thought Crowley fucking fucking. No, that's banged. what I'm trying to say. Oh my god. Imagine, imagine being the dominant one and then getting PTSD. Imagine fucking a woman and then she fucked you so hard because you fucked her so hard that you were like, <laughs> you like you need, <laughs> like you were one of those people who sit in the back of the ambulance with the blanket on, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, basically, in 1914, fucking Newberg was like that, dude. I'm fucking done with this. And then Crowley cursed him. Nothing came about it, but apparently Newberg lived in, like, fear of Crowley ever since. Ever since he I don't fucking blame him. Yeah, I don't fucking blame him either. If I ever had anything to do with Crowley, I'd be afraid he'd fucking come to kill me in my sleep for fun. Because he was fucking retarded. Wow. And then he'd probably fuck you. Yeah. No, he'd make you fuck him. Yeah. Power bottom. In 1914 to 19 uh, to 1919, uh, I remember this part distinctly. Crowley lived in a in the United States for a little while, for like five years, yeah, and five or six years, and he uh, he fucking he, he settled down in one country for five. Or six yeah, years. think about that in the fucking U.S. <laughs> that goes to show you how cool the U.S. is, right there. <laughs> fucking Alistair Crowley loved it here. Anyway, um, he was uh, he was a writer. He he well he rather right after he. He didn't move to the United States until he tried becoming a fucking writer for the British intel for like the British intel like propagandist or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trying to become a British like like a uh, pro British war guy during the yeah, World they, War. Yeah, they didn't want nothing to do. Yeah, with they him. were like, dude, you're fucking cracked out. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. So he was like, fine, I'm going to fucking America. And he went to fucking America. And under his own words, this is his own words here, and I'm glad I don't have to read this part and go through all this shit because I'm summarizing this crazy, like crazy. Yeah. So before America was involved in the war, uh, we had ger pro-German uh, uh, journalists here, I guess yeah, you'd yeah, say, yeah. that wrote about yeah. the war, pro-German, yeah. that were trying to get people to support the Germans Yeah. And in the First World War. So before the Nazis, so calm down, people. <laughs> yeah. Although we did support the Nazis at one point. Yeah. But that's besides the point. Uh, so basically fucking Crowley began, he, he came to this fucking German journalist place as uh, pretending he was an Irish anti-imperialist. Like he hated the queen and everything. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. pretended he was Irish and anti-imperialist and that he, um, so he started writing articles and doing like, uh, like kind of like, like, you know, in those old movies where people would stand on the soapbox and be like, gather around, gather around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of did something like that. And uh, I forget where he had done it. Uh, did he do it? Yeah, in front of the Statue of Liberty. He did it in New York. Oh, good place. Good and place. he was like, 
He literally said, in quote, I'm going to power bottom all of America. <laughs> hold on. I want to, I want to, uh, hold on. Uh, oh, the fucking freak. Oh, my God. Fucking power bottom. Jesus. I'm Christ. trying to get the quote because it was really fucking funny. It was a really funny quote. I don't know. Power bottom's pretty fucking funny. That's not a quote. <laughs> I, I, I know, but it's just, what the fuck, dude? I, I The whole time I thought he was yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. I thought he was the one fucking, you know, nailing his gimp. Yeah, in my head, power bottom was like, he was just on the bottom. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was jackhammering up. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to find it. Missionary style. <laughs> what the fuck? Where's the fucking thing? I can't find oh, it. Oh, my God. How fucking retarded is this what guy? What the fuck, dude? I can't find the quote. I, I don't know, dude. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Fiesta. Hold on. Fiesta Power Bottom. <laughs> fucking Power Bottom. That's going to be like the new catch word now. It's fucking Power Bottom. I'm pretty sure this episode's going to be called Alistair Power Bottom. Crowley. Yeah. Probably. All right. Whatever, man. That's what, that's what, it, that's what it was called, man. <laughs> All right. I can't find the fucking quote for some reason. Fucking it's this big, important fucking quote, and it's nowhere. I guess never fucking mind. Okay, so basically, Aleister Crowley was in front of the Statue of Liberty, and he was like, Ah, yes, the Germans bombed, uh, they bombed the f fucking Britain in the Zeppelin. Ah, yes. Sadly, they missed my aunt's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know that one. They missed my aunt's house. Here's her fucking address, so if you yeah, guys do it again, yeah, yeah. definitely bomb that fucking place. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly and, uh, what he did. And he also said shit about British, uh, or not, I mean, uh, German fucking, uh, submarines and uh and blowing up shit and it ended up happening yeah like it's weird it's kind of weird he kind of predicted it he yeah. was like a german fucking boat's gonna blow up american ships oh yeah. it fucking happened <laughs> <laughs> so uh after that though the british considered him a traitor and he was like kind of he was kind of taboo in, yeah in in in, in, in britland in in the, in the british area so um fucking a lot of a lot of conspiracy theorists think he may have been involved in uh, this in the u.s's involvement in world war one but i seriously fucking doubt it that's yeah. pretty it's pretty big jump <laughs> yeah. yeah i think he just happened to hit the nail on the head yeah i think he just called something that i think was inevitably gonna happen yeah yeah anyway. it was bound to fucking happen yeah I mean. So, and, uh, after that, you know, he did some other shit in America. Eventually he fucking left. He, he went back to London actually in December Jesus in 1919. Christ. I don't know how he fucking made it back. If he was a fucking traitor, this guy's travel miles must've been fucking. Oh no, 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 no. Hold on. Now destitute and back in London, Crowley came under attack from the town, the, the tabloid John Bull, which labeled him as traitorous scum yeah. for his work with the German war effort, which he personally claimed that he was helping the British by trying to make the Germans look bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think he was just stupid. <laughs> I think he was stupid as well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. He was actually suffering from asthma. Look at that. And uh, the doctor prescribed him a heroin. He was already taking heroin. Whatever. Well, well, you know, nothing, you know, a little more heroin always helps. I guess. Yes, I already, I totally wasn't already taking it. 
I totally wasn't already doing opioids. Well, uh, anyway, this is where he came to do the Abbey of Thelema stuff, which is apparently a big place. I think this was in... Um, where was the Abbey of Thelema? The Abbey of Thelema. This was this one he was in... I think this was in... Yeah, it was Sicily, Italy. This is where he gets kicked out of Italy. Yeah. Okay, blah, 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 blah. I want to get to the part where he goes to Abbey. So... I'm trying to get to the important part. I'm trying to skip like the stupid filler. Um, yeah, you should, probably, you should probably get to the important parts soon. God fucking damn it, dude. There's so much shit. There's so much shit. I'm actually getting frustrated doing this. I knew this was going to happen when I was listening to the documentary where I was like, there's too much shit. There's actually too much stuff. I would have to do a full research week trying to get this shit under wraps. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm not willing to fucking do that. Alistair yeah. Crowley's a crackhead, dude. Okay, so... You see, like, there's even shit about the sun god Ra. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Whatever. Okay, so basically he went to fucking Italy, okay? He went to Italy... And he fucking made the, or not made, he, no, I, I don't know, I don't know if he made it, I don't know if he fucking just moved in. He went to Sicily, Italy, where, where he fucking did the, where he had this place called the Abbey of Thelema, which was, like, the place for his little, like, Thelemic, whatever, religion. Yeah, yeah. He, and, uh, that didn't fucking last long, because he was fucking doing crazy amounts of drugs, and he was, he was fucking terrorizing the goddamn, the townsfolk, and people were afraid of him. They thought he was that creepy towns guy. And it was like the fascist government of Benito Mussolini learned of Crowley's activities. And in April 1923, he was given deportation notice, forcing him to, to leave Italy. Without him, that abbey closed. They, they, yeah. So anyway, he got kicked out <clears throat> of fucking Italy. Benito uh, Mussolini kicked him the fuck out. And uh, because he was terrorizing people and he was like weird. He was like a... He was kind of like... It's kind of like a, a Winchester girl there, where she was like the oh, town. Yeah, yeah, she was like yeah, the yeah. town freak, except for yeah. he was actively going out and terrorizing people. He yeah. was he was pretty weird. Uh, and uh, dude, this is so hard to talk about because there's now he's in later life now. That was most of his, his a big part of his deal was the was the was the Abbey of Thelema. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he even had a place. He had some place in in Europe too. And Dude, where he had fucking places. He had a place in Jesus Europe Christ. where he was practicing some shit with some people, and he had like a what was called a nightmare room, where he would have the people take hallucinatory drugs. Yeah. And he had his own artwork on the walls, and I think the artwork is still there. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's what I was telling you. I was listening yeah, to a documentary, yeah. and a guy was walking through, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And, and it yeah. like it was like literally like a demon with a fucking dick and shit like yeah. that. It was like this is like Podesta level shit. Yeah, it was kind. Of, well, it was kind of like Podesta artwork kind of stuff. It was like yeah. it was like clearly sexually explicit stuff, very nightmarish, nightmarish fucking uh, artwork. Yeah, yeah. And then he would have these people take hallucinatory drugs and then look at it for hours on end. Dude, so this think guy about is that. Fucking whacked as fuck. And then there was like during this Abbey of Thelema stuff it, that this was also during the time where he was uh, like Clockwork Orange. Yeah, orange. right. Yeah. This is where he had a whole bunch of shit going on. Where he had that, that thing where he, he where he fucked his wife, and then right before climax, he slit the goat's yeah, throat. Yeah, slit the goat's yeah, throat. Disgusting. Did you fucking? Did you come across that story? Oh my yeah. fucking god! Then there was um, uh, like he had two wives. He had he had like two or three wives. Four wives, I think he said he had four wives. 
and two of them were related. They were they were sisters, and one of them supposedly put a curse on the other sister, and then and then so she had like a miscarriage. The one other sister had a miscarriage, yeah. and then and then fucking, oh, dude. Dude, this is Alistair Crowley was a nutcase, and and honestly, I I might want to do another episode on him on a different time, talking was specifically about the Book of Law, like where I like like I get rid of all of his history. I just want to I I want to just I would like to look into him a lot more myself because I'm curious of the fact there are so many people out there that are hardcore believers in him. Well, because his ideals weren't necessarily weird. You, like I said, when I looked into his ideals, I'm like, okay, this is the kind of stuff I believe. Yeah. But it's like once you look into his practices, it's like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with yeah, this guy? Yeah, fucking power bottom. <laughs> but know. that's what the thing is. is like a lot of people look into his ideals and they're like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is... Yeah. But then they don't look into the rest and, of it and, where and he was like, he was slitting goat throats. That's, that's, like, why, that's why all those fucking rock stars kind of gravitated to him. Yeah. Because basically they were doing... They were living Crowley's life. Well, in the 60s, I don't know. I think in the 60s, a lot of people looked up to Aleister Crowley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you, you sh- I didn't even know Aleister Crowley was on that Beatles artwork for Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah, yeah. He's on the, he's on the cover of fucking Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So that's, so, so that's interesting. And I believe and, it and was we, John Lennon who wanted him on yeah. there. Yeah, well, uh, John Lennon was weird. Yeah, I, I I believe it was John Lennon. But the point is, is that his fucking influence really stretched the fuck out. And, and when, in fact, I think he said in, in an excerpt one time, I think he said that he's going to become the new Christ in a thousand years. <laughs> in a thousand years, people are going to look back at Aleister Crowley and be like, Aleister Crowley was Jesus. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how we look back at Jesus 2,000 years later. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's gonna, they're like, oh, yeah, this, he's, he's going to be his own Jesus and fucking whatever. Yeah, in a thousand years or so, which I don't think is the case. I actually think he's just a fad right now, personally. Yeah, but, yeah. but there's some more shit. Uh, he was in Tunisia, Paris, and London again between the between the years 1923 and 1929. So over the course of like six fucking years, he was in three different fucking countries. What the fuck, man. So uh, he he had like health issues and he tried giving up heroin. I, I, I can't believe he didn't have like fucking, uh, dude. I can't believe a, a venereal disease didn't yeah. kill him. To be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't even know Jesus they had. I didn't Christ. even know they had treatment for like gonorrhea yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that back then. I thought that was that predated that. I, I think it's the same as now. They just fucking jack you up with tons of fucking penicillin and it fucking wipes it out. Well, I don't know if that. I didn't know if they if they had that had that medical. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, uh, he was also alive during the Second World War. Uh, actually, did you know? Wow. Uh, hold on. Yeah, what did he do in the Second World War? I'm reading it. I'm reading it just pre pre. He's. I'm reading 1930 to 1938. Uh, he was in Berlin in 1930. Uh, in in April 1930, Crowley moved to Berlin, where he took Hani Jaeger as his magical partner. The relationship was troubled. In September, he... 1930, that was already Nazi Germany then. Yeah, hold on. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, He was invited by Harry Price to speak at the National Laboratory of Psychical Research. Do you know anything about that? No. I don't know if you know anything about the psychical research stuff. Google Google psychical research quick. I I, I just want to see if it ties into... 
I, I just want to see if it ties into the Vril the Society. Yeah, I'm curious. The, the, if that the has National Laboratory of Psychical Research. Yeah. I wonder if that's got anything to do with the Vril. Yeah, I'm wondering too. And uh, 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 what was that woman's name? Madame Lebotsky or something like that? I don't remember. I, I, she wasn't even... I, like, nobody even knows if she was real or not. Who? Who? The Mad- lady who led it, the Vril Society. Like, I don't even think they had any, like, real documentation on her. I think. No, no, I, I don't think they do. Yeah, uh, I think it's just... It's just... Uh, they have... They have uh, pictures? Speculated if she's real or not. Yeah. Well, no, they don't have pictures of her. They have... They have drawings of her well i thought they had pictures but no, they, they weren't sure if it was her no they don't have pictures of her they only have drawings i think um no no i i, I said i, I it, actually it's madame blavatsky and she was a russian occultist yeah madame she was madame co- blavatsky the one that taught that taught Hitler a bunch of stuff when he went to... I don't know. She co-founded... Because uh, didn't didn't Hitler go to like Shangri-La and everything and then learn about that No, no. He, he he didn't go personally. Uh, oh, he had somebody go. That's yeah, right. Who, who the hell was it? I think it was Himmler. It might have been Himmler. Yeah. Who said... And then and then he there. got taught from from that lady Blavatsky. Yeah, she he learned stuff about her stuff, her publications and her stuff like that. And then he brought back stuff supposedly she, about like master race Aryan stuff, which was. But that, that's that's a different. She, she founded topic. this uh, society right here. Whatever what is, the fuck uh, that is. Where is it? Theosophical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theosophical. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, dude. Hitler took a lot of fucking inspiration from her. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even joking. Yeah, that's the one. Then okay. But yeah, this this chick is. She's not. Has nothing to do with the real. Yeah. Crowley was intrigued by the rise of Nazism in Germany and influenced by his friend Martha Kunzel, believed that Adolf Hitler might convert to Thelema. That would. That's that's Alistair Crowley's thing. Uh, when the Nazis abolished the German OTO and imprisoned Germer, who fled to the U.S., Crowley then lambasted Hitler as a black magician. So Hitler was a black. Well, that's what that's that's what um, Crowley said. Well, Crowley never wanted to admit it, but Crowley was a black magician. I mean, technically by technicality, but whatever. I know he was a bottom pounder or whatever. Uh, bottom, power bottom. A power bottom guy. What the fuck is wrong with Crowley? When the Second World War broke out, Crowley wrote to the Naval Intelligence Division offering his services. The fuck? What are you offering? What are you going to give him? Demons? (laughs) (laughs) He's going to fucking powerbottom everybody. I'll powerbottom fucking Adolf Hitler. Dead silence. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> well, because I'm reading right now. <laughs> I'm reading stuff that I didn't know about fucking Alistair Crowley, man. I, I don't think uh, there, you, you couldn't read enough to fucking know about him. Yeah. There's so many facets to his life. It's um, Dude, I, it's yeah, I jumped into something I don't think I was ready for. I think I need to do more research on Aleister Crowley before I fucking do like a real podcast on him, man. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. 
That's about it. Uh, he died. I forget when 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 Crowley died. I think he died in 1947. Yeah, it was right after the war. Yeah, it was 47. It, it was 47. Yeah. Hold on, I'm reading about his death right now. Um, Should have died of fucking AIDS or something. In in April 1944, uh, briefly moved to Buckinghamshire, where he visited the poet Nancy Cunard. He was also introduced to John Simmons, who he appointed his literary executor. Uh, Simmons thought little of Crowley, later publishing negative biographies of him, corresponding with the illusionist uh, Arnold Crowther. It was thought, it was thought through him, Crowley introduced Gerald Gardner, future founder of Gardnerian Wicca. They became friends with Crowley. Uh, corresponding illusionist uh, blah, 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 blah. on December 1st 1947 Crowley died at Netherwood of chronic bronchitis um, aggravated by pleurisy uh, also known as pleuritis it's an inflammation of the membranes that surround the lungs and the line chest cavity uh, this can result in sharp chest pain breathing occasionally the pain may be a constant ache okay his funeral was at a Brighton crematorium on 5th of December. About a dozen people attended, and Lewis Wilkinson read excerpts from the Gnostic Mass, Book of Law, and Hymn to Pan. The funeral generated press controversy and was labeled Black Mass by tabloids. Crowley's ashes were sent to Carl Gerner, Germer in the U.S., who buried him in his garden in Hampton, New Jersey. Huh. So that was the end of Alistair Crowley there. I know that sounds a little bit... He ended up in a garden in New Jersey. Whatever. It's not, <laughs> it, honestly, post post um, post Italy honestly sounds like Crowley just died out as a person. It really he didn't really do anything crazy. He he didn't. He really just died down after after the 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 Abbey of Flint. Yeah, things to yeah, do. Yeah. Well, no, I think once he blew well, through he got old his, too. Yeah, yeah. Once he blew through all his fucking money. Uh, well, I, he was he wasn't rich anymore. I I I listened to uh. A, a thing where someone said what what was really his downfall uh, mentally, yeah. which uh, was a huge impact on his life, was that uh, you know through all his his bullshit, uh, his magic, this fucking that shit, the crazy fucking world he lived in, it all revolved around the sex. And well, you want my honest yeah, opinion? Yeah, but Listen, well, I, know, I know I know about the history of Aleister Crowley. Let me say this real quick. I I am aware of the. I know I just had to read through all this shit, but I'm yeah. aware of basically of what he's done. What he's done. I know more. I know more than what the Wikipedia said. Yeah, I know it yeah, sounds yeah. like I didn't, but I, I seriously did. I, yeah. I I listened to a two hour long documentary, and I listened to a couple other documentaries as well. So I'm I'm aware of what he's done, the practices that he did, and I know what drugs he was fucking taking. And honestly, I. I, I I'll, I'll talk. This is what I ultimately wanted to come to with for this podcast. I want to talk about what I thought of Aleister Crowley because a lot of people take wait, him wait, very wait, seriously. Wait, wait, before you go there, uh, what I was going to say was that what inevitably was his end, that, that's a woman had said, was the fact that because uh, everything with him revolved around sex. That's the, the magic. Yeah, it yeah. was the sex, sex, sex. Well, that plays into what I have to say. But, but his dick stopped working. Really? Yeah. What year? Do you know what? Time? Uh, I forget what year she said. Uh, can you give me a generalization? But I, I would, would, would generalize what? Like what? Generalize what year? Like, do you know what? Uh, about? It, it would have been one of his his last relationships. 
uh, with with uh, some woman that uh, he tried to. They wanted to have a kid yeah. or something, and uh, they couldn't. Yeah, they tried for months and months and months because you know his fucking dick ran dry. Mm. And uh, she said that was kind of like that's when he kind of like. Because his whole life was based around. So you that think like sex. he he got like fixed almost after that. Like mm-hmm. is that when he calmed down? No, his no. Fixed, oh, his brain. Yeah. Uh, this woman said she thought that's when uh, uh, he started thinking more normal because he actually quit using drugs too. Well, he tried. So you're this yeah. was this was after the Abbey of Thelema. Yeah. This he, was this he, was like 1930. So. Yeah, he didn't use drugs for fucking months and months. Yeah. Uh because she couldn't get pregnant. Okay. And then after a while then his his dick just stopped. He yeah. didn't have the uh the, vir- this, the virility. Yeah, he didn't have the virility anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, according to this woman that was like a huge fucking thing for him yeah. because his whole well, life was about the sex. And, sex magic. And bottom power or whatever it was Bad called. power bottom. Power <laughs> bottom. I, I can't get that okay. word right now. Okay, yes. This is what ahead. I wanted to come to with okay. this. Dude, you know what, guys? I'll do another episode about Aleister Crowley in the future. When we hit episode 666. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, but... um. Ran for the long haul. <laughs> but uh, I do have to say, I will do a better one at some point where I'll actually put down some research. Uh, this, this was for me it was a two, so much to research i put in a, approximately three hours worth of research yeah. that was my that was my research time guys yeah. three hours i didn't and i didn't i what i usually do when i listen to a documentary i listen to it two or three times so i remember the information yeah uh i didn't listen to this one a couple times but because there was so much information that I, there was no way for me to remember it um even then though i wanted to come to this point because you know if you're listening to this you might already know a lot about alistair crowley and uh if you want my personal fucking opinion, I think that he was much... I think he's no different from every other cult leader that was weird. I said to Jake last night, I actually said to him, this reminds me of L. Ron Hubbard. This this almost sounds like an identical story to L. Ron Hubbard, but on a grander scale. Uh, because he literally just influenced people. He was a writer, so he was good with wordplay and influence influencing people. And then he, he was he was surrounded by people who were constantly on opioids and cocaine yeah. all the time. And that's another thing I compared him to. David Bowie, when he did Station to Station, David Bowie had cocaine psychosis. If you take too much cocaine, you can suffer from cocaine psychosis where you literally hallucinate because you're going off the deep end. If you... Dude... Alistair Crowley for for almost uh, pretty much since he had gone into Cambridge was on drugs all the time. He was constantly doing fucking drugs, constantly doing cocaine and opioids. The guy was off of his fucking rocker. He was seeing shit. Just because he was seeing shit doesn't mean it was fucking real though. Now a lot of people like to take Alistair Crowley seriously and they like to look at his book of laws like, wow, this is really like the libertarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a big libertarian thing. I agree. Book of Law has a lot of good libertarian statements in it. There's a lot of like, it's pretty much, um, it's basically like, uh, I forget what the, the, like the big saying is, but it, yeah, it has a lot of good statements in it, but it's like it, him himself and his personal beliefs in the occult were, were, were completely off the fucking rocker. They were, they were unreasonable. He, 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 he genuinely believed, genuinely believed that he's seen and heard things, but that's because yeah. he was fucking coked out all the time Yeah. and on the fucking opioids all the fucking time. 
and a lot of people think that, like, a lot of people who are really into the Luciferian, like, real stuff, like the, like the quote-unquote left hand path stuff yeah, that yeah, I talk yeah. about, and people who think that the chaos magic is, like, real, real, yeah, like, they, 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 no, but these people think that, they think that, that, that Aleister Crowley was, dude, he definitely seen some stuff and he definitely, he definitely, he knows. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's. And it's crazy to me because you seem, that means that you're disregarding the fact that he was completely drugged the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. In a time where, where all he was surrounded by was people who were also drugged out. Yep. Yep. And, and, And that goes to show with the Golden Dawn stuff. It goes to show with the, with the, the, the. Let me look it up real quick what the name of that thing was. Fucking. Power Bottom? No. Is that what it's called? Power Bottom? Yes. <laughs> Dude, that is. A, that's fucked up, man. Okay. When he done. When he did the. Uh, the Abramelon. The Abramelon ritual where he, you summon the demons and you. And you like fucking. You don't eat or sex for fucking six months. Yeah. When, when he fucking cut that off halfway. Apparently weird uh, by his his and um, George Cecil Jones. Uh, I, I think it's him. His fucking names are retarded. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> apparently by their by their fucking accounts, weird shit was happening in their house. That's because they were fucking high, dude. It's like, and that's what a lot of people who are into like the whole magic thing think. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, here's the thing, though. I'll talk about magic real quick. I think right hand path is retarded. It's not real. I think left-hand path is retarded. It's not real. Summoning of demons and all that stuff, I don't think it's real. I think it's all a matter of suggestion. I think what chaos magic is, quote-unquote chaos magic, and, yeah. and a quick explanation for you guys, is basically imparting your will on something to make sure, make something that you want happen. Yeah. Do you want to know what my what I think chaos magic is? I think it's a psychological trick. I think it, I think it's basically you, you instead of... Be, because you have self-esteem issues. Yeah. Because a lot of people who have self-esteem issues use this kind of shit. Yeah. I think it's so that you don't leave it up to yourself so that you pretend that it's something else driving you. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so, you, makes so, sense. so that you don't, because if you think it's yourself driving yourself, you think of failure. Mm-hmm. But when you think it's something, some higher being doing you it, you don't think of failure. You think it, you think that you're definitely doing it. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah, it, I, I, it, I, I, I think the I, idea of chaos magic is merely just impre- being an impressionist. Yeah. Basically. And that's what a lot of people, a lot of people look at David Bowie. Like I listened to that last podcast on the left David Bowie episode where they were talking about, Oh, he was a chaos magician. He, he was casting spells. No, I think he was just ver- a very good impressionist. Yeah. He was extremely charismatic to the point where he was able to impart his will on the people because he could because his 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 charisma and his personality was so large. Do you think do you think uh David Bowie ever uh power bottom Freddie Mercury? Yes. <laughs> I think Freddie Mercury was definitely the 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 active role there. <laughs> Freddie Mercury with that fucking mustache, dude, he was too manly. <laughs> Well, dude, this was this was really a mess of a fucking topic for me because I really didn't really I didn't know where to go with this. Yeah, I, I like, I, like I, I listened to a bunch of shit and it's like, oh my god, it, dude, it's so like like I said, it, the the fucking guy lived like these rock stars live. Yeah. So it it would almost be like putting together. Uh, um, it's like if it's dude, like, take it the nastiest fucking the nastiest sluttiest band out there. Molly Crew. <laughs> this is this would be like trying to this would be like trying to 
piece together. Trying like, to, to to keep track of all the drugs uh, they took, yeah. all the people they fucked, and all yeah, the fucking people they met. Yeah, it's there's so many. There's so all much the cities shit. they went there's to. There's so all much the shit, fucking dude. You there's can't. no way to keep track of it no. all and keep it all organized. It's like trying, dude. dude. And they, you know, damn well they don't remember. So. <laughs> Jesus. Well, here's what I think. I think I can do an episode about him, but I actually have to put in like real research, and it might even be a two-part fucking thing. I would have to do. I, it I would almost have to be two parts. And uh, fucking. Yeah, I think I. I'll do it again at some point where I actually put some work into it. But as far as I'm concerned, right now, it's like all I could do is watch a couple documentaries. Go through the fucking Wikipedia. Talk about this guy's history and his fucking beliefs and some of the stupid shit he did. And it's like, and just give my theory about who he was. And it's very simple, man. As soon as I started listening more and more about him, I think I just think he was just like L. Ron Hubbard and Charles Manson, man. Yeah. They had troubled past, but they were very charismatic people. So they were able to influence people and make people do what they wanted to do. Like, look at that fucking story where he literally went to the like a Golden Dawn like office thing, and he literally just took over. Yeah, yeah. He just went in yeah, and took over. Took it over. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Um, uh, okay, I got something I want to throw in here for you. Go ahead. Which is really gonna fucking fuck things up. Uh, yeah. Okay. Are we talking about the bar? Uh, 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 yeah. The last couple years, <laughs> the last couple years, there's been a story uh, going around the internet. There's a couple documentaries that talk about it. Uh, so in nineteen uh, nineteen twenty four, this woman uh, Pauline Pierce, uh, she took a trip uh, over to France. Uh, she was married to this dude, uh, Marvin Pierce, but she took a trip to France by herself uh, to see her friend, um, Nellie. I forget her fucking last name. Nellie. She, she went there to visit her friend Nellie. She stayed there for a couple weeks or whatever. Uh, Nellie's uh, man, Frank, Frank Harris, uh, he happened to be good friends with Aleister Crowley. Okay, so the four of these people shacked up in the same uh, flat for a while. Okay, now Pauline Pierce, <laughs> Pauline Pierce is actually Barbara Bush of Bush. I did nine eleven fame. Uh, was asked Pauline Pierce was Barbara Bush's mother. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Barbara Bush's mother was hanging out with Aleister Crowley, and she while she, she was married, and she eight months later after coming back yeah, home, yeah, she gave came, birth. So she, she came was, back. She was eight months. She was already she was already nine months in when she she was already a month in by the time she got home. Basically. Yeah, yes, yeah, she. So came, she got knocked up by somebody over there, yeah, potentially she, Aleister Crowley. Yeah, yeah. So she came back in October twenty four. And, uh, oh, wow, that's my mom's birthday. On June 8th, 1925, she gave birth to Barbara, who would later become Barbara Bush. Yeah. Now, we don't know for sure if she's Aleister Crowley's kid. It but, would explain a lot. Well, we don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> did you see the did you see the picture I posted on the podcast? You got to look at the picture. I, Mike, if you could pull it up quick. There's a picture I posted on the podcast page. Of Aleister Crowley next to Barbara Bush, and maybe this is why the whole thing there's there's not a lot of facts to back this up. Well, here's the thing: there's man. a couple facts here and there he, that back but, it but up because but nobody admitted to it. First, look first. at that. Look at that. 
Jesus Christ. Dude, they look like the same person. They do. They look like that, the that, same That's besides the point. Alistair Crowley looks like up. Barbara She could have gotten knocked up by somebody else. You never know. Yeah, yeah. She could have had sex with somebody else. It could have been anybody of that group. Yeah. But, but the point is, is that the point is that we we already know that Alistair Crowley was a sex pervert. Yeah, yeah. He fucked all the time. Dude. And if he was surrounded by people, he was fucking them. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh... He, and he was known to fuck people's wives, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And he got um, off on that. So, yeah. And this woman, uh, Barbara Bush's uh, mom there, she yeah. was already married. Yeah. So it, it's possible. There's a, there's a pretty, there's a, there's, there's definitely a possibility there. And it, there's like a, like a real historical possibility that she, um, she actually. It, it, it would, ex- it would explain a lot. And it's funny because if you look at Barbara Bush, her mother doesn't come up. When you look at like only the only thing that comes up is yeah. her father. Yeah, you you Marvin really Pierce. you really got to dig for it. I actually dug for the the name Pauline Pierce, and actually it was Robinson before it was Pierce. It was Paul, Pauline Robinson was her. Uh, yeah, before maiden. she was with Marvin. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, Alistair Crowley could have did nine eleven. <laughs> Shit, man. Indirectly. Mindfuck. He power bottom. No, I won't say that. He power bottomed the World Trade Center. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say he power <laughs> he power bottomed the World Trade Whatever Center. Whatever that means, man. Yeah, I don't know. But so I mean, I'm sorry. I'm so up. sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. That this episode was like fucked up and disorganized. Dude, our, <laughs> our last two episodes. Yeah. Been so, next episode, I'm doing something yeah. easy. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing an easy one next Yeah, time. I'm not going to do... I've decided I'm not going to do Trump Space Force. Part two. Part two next. We will follow it up eventually. Um, yeah, we will follow... I, I promise I'll follow it up. We just we need a but, palate cleanser, dude. We need we need a palate cleanser episode. Yeah, I'm going to go to a pedo next week. <laughs> okay, that's not a palate cleanser. That's not a... That's like, How's that not a palate cleanser? I'm talking about a pedo that's fucking... That's so, that's so depressing. Yeah, but it's... I don't know. That's like... That's like... That's like... Yeah, I just drank... I just drank a whole six-pack of beer. Now I'm gonna drink a whole fucking glass of whiskey. <laughs> it's like... It's like... That's my palate cleanser. Instead of having a glass of water. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> do... I'm gonna do pedos next week. I'm All right. Gonna, I'm gonna go back to what I know. And I'm gonna I know do something pedos. fun. If I know oh, one wait. thing, I know pedos. <laughs> oh, yeah. The week after that's gonna be a talking episode. Just a regular one. Uh, 15. Yeah. Yeah. So that will be the palate cleanser. Yeah. Whatever. I've been trying really hard to just find a soundboard of Ozzy just saying Mr. Crowley, and I can't yeah. find it. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Whatever. Since I yeah. can't play the whole damn song. Yeah. I just wanted him saying Mr. Cra- uh, Mr. Crowley. Can't well, find it. I don't know. Oh, oh, we could we could say uh, we mentioned before Jimmy Page had uh, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. He had bought Alistair Crowley's house. And then it fucking burnt down. <laughs> Are you sure it's Alistair Crowley or, or Anton LaVey? Oh, it was Alistair Crowley. Okay. Yeah. He bought, well, he bought one of his houses, I guess. Yeah. Apparently he had a bunch of them. Maybe we should talk about Anton LaVey because he's involved with Crowley, you know, because he's the successor of like Satanism yeah. and he had a lot to do with Alistair Crowley. Yeah. Yeah. But, but honestly, I think Antoine LaVey is a little more defined than Alistair Crowley. And he's a lot more organized yeah. and he didn't do a bunch of crazy shit yeah. and it's easier to fucking talk about. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, man! This was like this was like doing an alien episode. There's so many branch branching off things, and he did like a million things, and he went to like fucking twenty eight million places. Yeah, I, I, Antoine Levey would be a good one. Yeah, because then we can you know work in Manson, yeah. Marilyn Manson. I think we could have Antoine on as a special. Yeah, I do. 
Oh, uh, this is all bullshit. I'd have to find him again. Um, and then uh, we can talk about how Chelsea Clinton follows uh, the World Church of Satan on Twitter or whatever. That's pretty. Too, that's think. pretty funny. I think I'm pretty sure it was a joke. If I, from what I had seen, it was that people were comparing them, and then they ended up following each other. Oh, oh, it was a joke that they followed each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, at least in, I don't know. At least she wasn't raping babies. I don't know. I don't know if she rapes babies. I don't know the family traditions in in the Clinton household. So. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going back to Pedos next week. Yeah, uh, that's that's good. I'm glad that I'm going to get that good taste in my mouth. It's good taste. That's going to be a real nice one. I can't wait to be angry the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As is, uh, if you guys you didn't know, know literally every like time too. we talk about pedophiles, we just get angry. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But it's fun. It always ends up being fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's like t- it's like taking it's like getting punched in the face. It's yeah. fun, <laughs> but maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know. <laughs> you I'm will thinking, see. I'm thinking pedo. So are we gonna talk about Roman Polanski? Ah, dude, Roman Polanski is a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, dude. I fucking hate him. He's a piece. Come of on, shit, man. Dude. He didn't rape rape that girl. Oh, he didn't rape rape. <laughs> well, well, you gotta say what's rape 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 rape. Who the fuck is Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, I don't know. Who the fuck is she? It's funny. She had one fucking movie that was fucking decent, and that's just because fucking Patrick I, fucking I, Swayze. I just hate was how she it. talks as if she's like the wise, the wise old woman of the View. Like, shut up. Uh, she, she, yeah, no, no she's shit. like the fucking Oracle from the Matrix. Yeah, it's there. like she makes everybody Stupid shut up bitch. when she talks. She's like, all right, everybody, yeah. all right. Here's my opinion, my strong, yeah. my yeah. strong opinion, and it's like that's not. Listen, Dude, didn't she have sex with Ted Danson back in the day? That's <laughs> fucking gross. I don't know what he was thinking. He must have been on that shit Crowley was on. Whatever. Okay, I guess I guess, I guess the episode just Maybe about she fucking finished. What's that? Maybe she was a power bottom. Dude, she fucking probably power bottom fucking uh, Ted Danson. Fucking weirdo. But I the, fucking the hate that. podcast her. is just about done. I, I didn't say bitch this episode. I hate that Good bitch. Good, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I'm going to give the social medias. Okay, so... If you wow, watch... you're fucking calling it, dude. Yeah, because, you know... You're fucking calling I, I, it. Because I'm a little bit exhausted from doing this. From doing this. I mean, my brain hurts. Well, yeah, you... you yeah. My you... brain's a little bit fried. Yeah. Uh, I, guys, I promise you I'll do a better episode of fucking Aleister Crowley someday. Just not today. <laughs> 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 I really just wanted to hate on the guy because I personally don't... I don't really like him and I don't understand the obsession. And there is, there's a huge obsession with him. I'm not saying he was a bad, well, you know, he did some bad things, but. Dude, you know what he reminds me of? That fucking crackhead that used to hang out down at the fucking Turkey Hill with the chair on his head. Yeah. That's what, that's what I think of now when I think of Alistair Crowley. Well, Alistair Crowley. I think he was, of he a fucking crackhead on his bicycle. I think he was very smart, and I think he, I think he had some pretty cool ideals. I think he was okay. Uh, I think he did some questionable things. But, like, I just don't understand why people think of him as, like, this next level, like, genius fucking, like, the end-all be-all of fucking magician people. Yeah, I, I don't... And I don't it's like, it. I don't see it. I don't see them, them... If I were to meet Aleister Crowley today, if he was still alive and I met with him and me and him were alone in the room, he'd probably power bottom me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If, but, if we can... No, but if, but if I could actually, like, legitimately talk to him, I don't think he would have an impression on me. 
I don't think I would be. I don't think I would be like some of these people who who f- like fall under his spell. Yeah. I don't understand how people fall under Alistair Crowley's spell. Yeah. It's like I don't get it. If if I, I had, might think he's an interesting person, but I wouldn't be like I need to fucking sacrifice goats now. Yeah. <laughs> if if I had to compare him to, uh, uh, because there's magic involved. Yeah. And this is all I know about magic. Uh-huh. Uh If I had to compare him to. Uh, a character from Harry Potter. Uh, it would probably be Harry Potter's cousin. Who who's Harry Potter's cousin? That that fucking dumb little kid. <laughs> fucking. He had nothing to do with magic. Exactly. <laughs> it fucking exactly <laughs> exactly. And, and you know you know he's probably all jealous. Fucking like later in life he's probably all jealous of fucking Harry. So he probably got into fucking heroin. You know, banging up on the streets. You know. Yeah, my f- my fucking my fucking mom and dad ended up loving Harry more after yeah. he came back from fucking Hogwarts. Yeah. Fucking Hogwarts. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking Crowley. Woods. I think I think I think he, Crowley would be, definitely be somebody I'd be interested in as a person, but I definitely wouldn't be like, this guy is really fucking strong. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna call it. I think he's George Bush's grandfather. <laughs> I think there's a high possibility. That makes sense. It's a high possibility. I don't, so, I don't know why they don't just talk about it. The episode's going to be called Alistair Powerbottom Power Crowley. Crowley Bush. Alistair Powerbottom did 9-11 Crowley. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the name. No, we can't no. put did 9-11 in there. Yeah, we can. Fuck it. Who cares? No I'll one's going to listen. I'll, I'll put it in there. No one's going to listen anyway. Like four fucking people are going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this be the this this be the breakaway episode. <laughs> oh, that's fucking retarded. Right. I impart my will through chaos magic to make us popular. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, please. Did you wait? Did you draw a circle and step inside the circle? Yeah, let's just say I did. Yeah, okay. which is weird because there was an episode of SpongeBob where he did that. Yeah, doesn't he have to make a line with salt or something? Uh, he had to stay inside the circle or that thing. Yeah, that thing would get him. And it ended up getting Squidward because Squidward's like, I ain't standing inside no fucking circle. Yeah, and then the thing fucks Squidward all up. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. All right, right, do this fucking shit. Okay, our Twitter, if you want to check us out on Twitter, we're at Drinking a Theory. No spaces or anything. It's time for work. Anyway, our Twitter is. Our Twitter is at Drinking a Theory. No spaces, no capitals. Just at Drinking a Theory. You know, our podcast name is what it is. So you'll know it. You'll see it. My Twitter is at Jimmy Bones, my guy. Each first letter of each word is capitalized, but I don't think that matters. Uh, our Instagram, if you want to check us out on Instagram, or drink underscore and underscore a underscore theory underscore podcast. We're on SoundClouds. We're on iTunes. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook. We're on Stitcher. Check us out. If you can, it'd be really nice if you spread the word. You know, if you, you know, you know, you don't have to be out there and like, you know, telling everybody. But you know, if you if you have a friend and they're like, oh yeah, I'm trying to look for a new podcast. Oh, I want to listen to something for fucking break. If you want to hear shit completely retarded, <laughs> he's like, yeah, guy, I listen to I listen to these people drinking a theory. Uh, check them out. Uh, you yeah. know, just any every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. So uh, you know, check us out on Twitter. You know. Oh, thanks to anyone every- who's listening that fucking followed us on Facebook too. Yeah, like if you guys if you guys followed us on Facebook and then actually went into to the actual podcast and thanks thanks because yeah we're actually close to that that two hundred that two hundred mark yeah 
and uh, we're very close to a thousand uh, listens. Listens. Yeah, we're in like the nine hundreds. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, you have to figure we've only so been we oper- we've only been operating for three months. Yeah, and we only got it was thirteen episodes, so it's not bad. Uh, I want to give my Twitter too. You're get finally giving out your Twitter. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's uh, at J O N N Y capital M four two one. Hit me up. Who is that? <laughs> this week, that's my Twitter. Okay. Okay. Go check him out, I guess. That's a motherfucker who put me on the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That, that, that's the fucking episode. I'll see you guys next week. We're going to talk about pedophiles and get angry together. <laughs> so, All right. see you guys later. And I'm going to try out an outro. And remember, wow! Drink. Do you need a beat? I can give you a beat. No. So you no, give me a beat I'm with serious. your mouth. Give me a beat with your mouth. No, I can give you a beat. Okay, go ahead. Uh, how do I do it? Go ahead, man. You give me a beat. No, that's no. that's the intro. Huh. I turned it all down. <laughs> I guess I. Come on. D to the R to the A. There's your beat, bro. D to the R to the I to the M to the K. In the theory. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm done. <laughs> you just powerbombed that. <laughs> okay, guys. See you later. See you next week. We're going to talk about pedophiles. Bye.